Here we are on Good Friday, but we need to ask an important question, and that is, what makes this Friday so good? Why do we call it Good Friday? Now, to answer that question, we need to understand the larger story that we're a part of. In the beginning, there was a good God who created a good world. And God's intentions were good, flourishing in harmony throughout his creation for all. And the crown of his creation were image bearers, human beings, male and female, that were to reflect his goodness into creation. And humans were given a good agenda. Take this good creation of God and cultivate it. Cultivate its deeper potential of goodness through creativity and love and joy. But called to goodness, humans turn their backs on this good God. And rejecting his good commands and his good will, they chose instead to believe the lie that you don't need this good God in order to flourish and take hold of the good life. And the, result, the results of that rejection, the results of that rebellion were not good. Severed from friendship with God, humans descended into all things not good. Evil and wickedness thrived, leading to corruption across all dimensions of creation. And very soon, the human story was dominated by the themes of disease and suffering, unrest, alienation, immorality, and selfishness. In short, sin and death. But this good God didn't abandon his good creation to an existence of misery and helplessness because his goodness wouldn't allow it. God called a man, Abraham, and then eventually a family, the Israelites, into a special relationship with himself. And he promised that through them, he was going to rescue and redeem his good world. God made his intentions known that there was going to be a good end to this very bad and sad story that humanity was writing. But even after being rescued by this good God, the Israelites rejected and continually ignored God. Even after they had been given good rules that would help them know God's goodness and know how life worked best, God's own people rejected him. Again and again, story after story, they turned their back on him, trusting in themselves, and they chose again and again to define good, goodness for themselves. And yet, the good life that they were so hungry for, that they were striving for, always eluded them. And instead of reaping life and prosperity and joy, they just reap more sin and death, shame, guilt, loss, suffering. Through all of the rebellion and all of the rejection, all the sinfulness and all the selfishness, this good God continued to be faithful to his promise to rescue and redeem. But how was he going to do it? How could a good God let sin go unpunished and yet maintain his holy integrity? How could a God who hated sin destroy it and destroy sin's effects without destroying sinful creatures? How was God going to put an end to sin without putting an end to us? 
And so it came to be that when the time had fully come, that this good God did something that no one expected. He came down and he placed himself into our story of evil and death and sin. And he showed us what true goodness looks like. The Gospel of John proclaims, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. But Jesus came not just as an example. He came as a sacrifice. See, God was going to punish sin, human sin, but he was going to do it by coming as a human and bearing the condemnation and judgment on our behalf into himself. The Bible says, even while we were sinners, even in the midst of our rebellion and rejection, our mockery of this God and his goodness, Jesus came to die for us. Why? So that sins could be forgiven for those who seek the rescue of this good God. So that through Jesus, anyone could receive salvation from the sentence of eternal death and be given the gift of eternal life. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And so on the cross, we're actually observing God doing what God does best, bringing his loving, redeeming, restoring goodness to bear on a world marred and broken by sin, revealing his goodness and love to a world hell-bent on evil and a world buckling under the curse of sin. On the cross, we look upon God's rescue plan that allows God to punish sin without destroying us. And on the cross, we see God, through his goodness, making an entirely new kind of life possible. New life, new creation, available right now. Peace with God, available right now. Forgiveness for sin, available right now. Covering for shame, available right now. Absolution from guilt, available right now. Freedom from spiritual bondage, available right now. And it's all made possible because of his goodness, not because of ours. That is what makes this Friday special. That is what makes this Friday good. Jesus, God in human form, came to take upon himself your sin and shame and guilt and punishment so that those things would no longer estrange you from God, from each other, from your true identity, from your true vocation and calling in the world. And this is the gospel, a word that means good news of what God has done for you because of his great goodness. But this Friday only becomes truly good if you receive this gift. If you receive the gift of forgiveness 
and receive the gift of new life by placing your faith in Jesus. And to do that means turning from a life that rejects and ignores God, accepting Jesus' sacrifice on your behalf, asking Jesus for the forgiveness and new life that is only available through him, and then committing to serve Jesus as Lord and King. And when you do that, Good Friday becomes glorious. As we follow Jesus into Easter morning and let him teach us how to live as forgiven, empowered, free, joyous, beloved, redeemed image bearers. Gospel people, good news people, eager to follow in their master's footsteps and bring the healing, redeeming, restoring goodness of God to a world that is hungry for hope and help. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this Good Friday. May its goodness settle into our hearts and our imaginations in a way that is deep and rich and fruitful, God. May hearts that are far from you see the glory of your goodness. Draw them to yourself, God. May hearts that have grown cold towards you be lit aflame by your love and by your sacrifice. Hearts that are pressing into you with passion and love and obedience, may that continue, God. May you continue to fan that into flame. Thank you for being so good. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand. I'm going to send you off with a benediction. A benediction is just a word of blessing. And may this benediction rumble around and do its work in your heart as we move towards Easter morning on Sunday. As you move through Good Friday and into Easter morning, family and friends of Nelson Covenant Church, may you look upon the cross and see goodness and love that refuse to abandon you to the power of sin and death. May you look upon the cross and see goodness and love that chose to suffer and die in order to make available eternal life to you. And may you look upon the cross and see goodness and love that calls you out of shame and guilt and condemnation and despair and see goodness and love that calls you into the sure and certain hope of Easter morning. And may the love of God the Father and the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all this Easter weekend. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless.